Hello, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Harley and Josh Show, your music podcast by musicians. Yes. We've got Harley Cotton here. And we've got Josh Locke here. Oh, my God, we're going full on radio. <laughs> I know, we haven't been on the radio for so long. I know, what's gone wrong? Exactly, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah good. good. Yeah, sat in my garden. It's a lovely day. It's uh, not as not as crazy hot as it has been. Don't tempt it, man. Yeah, I know. We're Although, sitting out here with all our expensive gear. It's just going to go like... Yes. I was, uh, I was talking to someone last uh, yesterday who's... Uh, out in Texas and saying that we've had our, just as we had our first bit of like heavy rain mm. in weeks, maybe months. Uh, and he was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's still, it's, it's still dry here. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. As immediately just went bang. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bought a paddling pool. Oh, nice. I did. Just look- as the heat wave stopped. Oh, I'm like, no. <laughs> I keep getting tempted. I keep having a look around like whenever I'm doing my shopping to see if there's one that I'm like, yeah, <laughs> just to sit in the garden, put my feet in. Yeah, it's a little SpongeBob one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it fits one of my feet in. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all you need. <laughs> so me and Charlie went it, it, to, to defeat the hot weather. Hmm. Like when we had the really hot weather, like when it was like 36, 37 degrees. So we... Like we that we couldn't do anything. We couldn't concentrate on any getting any work done. Mm. It was just a case of like, let's sit it out, and then we so we like just play games. We were playing on the PlayStation until the PlayStation heated the room up. <laughs> we're like, mm, <laughs> no, this this isn't working. Uh, was it PS4? Yeah. yeah oh, PS3. But mine yeah. just constantly just poking, going beep, beep 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 beep. Please, it's too hot. Please turn me off. Oh really? Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so we've been like, okay, well, then we're just watching telly, catching up on all our TV shows, and then like about seven o'clock, then we're like, it's starting to get cooler, mm-hmm. and then we do as much as we can in the night while it's still quite hot, but not as, mm. um, and uh, yeah, stay up till about two o'clock in the morning to catch up on all our housework that it's too hot to do during the day, yeah, doing our music stuff. We were up recording until quarter past midnight the other day, because like, it's the only time that we could have the the speakers and everything that generates all this heat yeah. turned on, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, um, or you're working on like like old '60s Celestians that need like the biggest amps ever. Yeah, you know? yeah, like the, yeah, the coal-powered amplifiers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like it's everything. Any everything generates heat. Yeah. Like I remember, you, I used to work in a in a corner shop, and the hottest thing in there was the fridges. That's. <laughs> wrong right but yeah no that's it like fridges freezers they generate more heat than they do stop yeah but i mean uh, uh, to be honest like my vox ac30 mm. has not really had to struggle that much but most of the time if you're using a guitar amp at a gig it's usually in the evening yeah but have you ever had like a problem at a festival when you've been playing when the, the gear just is too hot and it will not work um i haven't no i i mean what about in the maldives yeah everything there was pretty much solid state we didn't use any valve amps that right. kind of were very temperature based mm-hmm. um and all the stuff was stuff that was already there so it was a case of like again we weren't playing till late in the evening and it although it was hot it wasn't as hot as it is here right like it was 27 degrees that right. like the great thing about like a place like that is it's constantly that temperature right okay so that you can predict what's going to happen yeah it's it's quite um consistently warm but not stupidly hot yeah you know the only thing that made it hot is the fact that we were there in december and we were layering our coats up to get to the airport and then get off the plane yeah yeah just (laughs) hit with a wave um, but the uh, what about um have you ever had problems with instrument tuning or warping or anything like that yes yeah so we were very lucky in the fact that we were there for five days before or four days before we actually had to play and when we landed, my bass, both bass and guitar, mine and Oscar's instruments, uh, the necks had bowed to a point of unplayability. Wow. Um, you did tell me about that. Not so much. I don't think from the heat of the, um, the, island. Of the island, but being on a plane. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, pressure. In a, yeah. In an untemperature controlled cargo bit. Uh, they didn't like that. So Whenever I've played abroad, I've either gone in a car or rented instruments while we were there yeah um so i've never really had 
difficulties with the pressure thing. But if anybody's listening in and you've had problems with pressure on on planes messing with your instrument, we'd love to know. We'd love to know what happened. Yeah, and we did have. I think we were offered to play instruments when we were there, and I think if I was to go there again, I would probably happily do that. Yeah. Uh, if they had like a, see, I. Being a Fender player, it's very easy to kind of get mm-hmm. something that's not going to be far different from what you're used to. Yeah. Because, um, you know, they're the industry standard and they're, they're relatively consistent. Yeah. You um, just give it a quick setup, you're fine. Yeah. I take I take a fresh set of strings and go, that'll be enough. That'll yeah. be a start. So, um, yeah, like I might do that next time just to save the hassle of worrying about what that. What strings do you usually use on bass? Um, bass strings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah, use no. Ernie Ball uh, for my Fenders. And I use was that the pink ones? Yes. Yeah. yeah forty five to ninety five is it? I can't remember. Or, no, forty five to one hundred. There we go. Um, on my four strings, on my five strings, I will use Dario Steels Pro Steels. Um, I can't remember the gauge on those, but uh, yeah, just my five strings are a bit more modern. Uh, the steel string is nice and bright and has a nice zing to it. Mm, oh, zing! That's good. Bazing. Yeah, I think I've used. The same, actually, I haven't restrung my four-string jazz bass in a long time, but I think I'm pretty certain that I used the pink slinkies. Yeah, they're, they're a nice kind of middle ground. They've got a nice weight on the low end, and they're mm. not too, you know... You don't have to worry about having thin enough strings to bend on a bass. Right. Uh, and you do notice the difference in thickness. If you go for thin strings, you do lose a lot of tone, I mm. feel. So, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, so that would kind of be what, my... What, what, which one do you usually use for recording? It varies. Um, so we've been doing some recording with Chart Attack uh, over the last week, and it, I'm mostly using either my Fender P or my Fender Jazz. Um, live, I always tend to prefer the P bass just because it has a nice weight to it. It's got that humbucker sound that gives, that just pushes the air in all in the same direction really well. Um, but the the top end on the Jazz really has uh, been really nice in the studio. Uh, and having a again using a choice of different amps, it's been nice to kind of be able to mm. uh, pick different in- instruments up recordingly. But like, yeah, m- most of my recordings I've been using the jazz for some strange reason. I'm not a massive jazz bass fan, but mm. it just sounds good. It's got a good uh, breadth and and uh, kind of diversity on the jazz bass. I find because I find I can quite get quite a good P bass sound out of a jazz bass, but not a good jazz bass sound out of a P bass. Yeah, yeah. Um, a friend of mine's looking to sort of get a, his his first bass, and he's saying, "What what what's a good all rounder?" And I've been looking around, helping trying to find a nice PJ, which is a, a P bass with a jazz pickup on the bridge, mm. which does everything really well. I've told one of my students has one of those, yeah. and what I'd seen on it, which I'd never seen before, um, apart from on a Floyd Rose system, which is a little drop D switch on the uh, yes, on the E string. Shot. Yeah, there we go. I'd not seen them, but of course it's not at the hip, is it? Because it's not at the uh, yeah. it's not at the bridge. It's up at the actual um, the actual machine head. Yeah. So I was just like, wow, I'm really jealous of my student's bass now. <laughs> yeah, that you can um, you can get them and add them on quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great because, like, especially when you're doing a gig, when you're you're changing between drop D and E, you're watching the guitarist just faff about, and you're like, as per usual, waiting around for the guitarist. You might be able to get them on for guitar as well. I'm probably not sure, but yeah, probably better for the bridge actually, because yeah, like you say, you get yeah. the little B benders you get for yeah. uh, for Telecasters and stuff. Yeah, but we, they're, they're always a lot of fun to play with. Yeah, but we have you seen those ones that are tra- attached to the straps yeah. as well? Yeah, so you just you pull down on you the pull down on the, the strap and it goes. Bing! Yeah. Makes a little sus chord. They're so, oh, so complicated. So to country. Yeah. It's so like hard diggity. There's another one you can get as well that has a little bar that comes out behind, like by the other, by the sort of the base of the guitar. Mm. And it sticks. If you're standing up, it will stick kind of side, side on to you. So you pull the neck away from the guitar, essentially. Mm-hmm. And this bar pushes against your body. Wow. To get that, that B bender sound. Weird. So it's another. Uh, yeah, there's. I mean. Country people, they're very, they're very. Uh, I just want to sound like a pedal steel, but I don't want to learn how to play pedal steel. <laughs> yeah, essentially, because it's hard. <laughs> and the strings are expensive. I mean, you got what ten strings, and oh, yeah, I would not want to restring one of them. Yeah, no, thank you. 
Yeah, yeah, well, that's why every single one I've ever played has probably had the same uh, strings that were ever on the factory one. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I'm touching that. I'm like, oh, this is just rust. I don't think this is any string on this. Yeah, yeah, they can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they could get quite grease. <laughs> uh, have you been, have you seen Chart Attack recently? Um, no, I. I saw Toby yesterday. Oh yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I, I speak to speak to them on the phone quite regularly. Um, I drove past Elliot the other day. Very nice. We we, we are. Near locals to each other now. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, occasionally speak, uh, see them in person, but I haven't done for a little while. Um, mm. But I, I'm looking forward to being able to kind of get us all in one room again soon, hopefully when gigs start to head back to normal. Yeah, well, normal is the interesting point, and we're going to get to that a little bit later yeah. in the show. We've got some news about the reopening of music venues and uh, also some stuff about local music scene and local bands and certain releases. Um, but yeah, stick around in the, in the show and we'll tell you what's going on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I say from a, a music point of view, my my since we last spoke, I haven't done a lot of music playing at all. It's been mostly meetings. Oh, yes. Um, now Fun. I have two theories of why I've been having more meetings than usual. Mm-hmm. It's either A, because there is a threat of gigs starting to happen again, <laughs> and people are tentatively getting make, putting Battle things plans. in place to, in the right direction, mm-hmm. or we're just, we're just getting so bored of not being able to do music, so it makes us feel better to just be able to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, Charlie's been very busy. She's been having uh, meetings with a few uh, uh, people, uh, forming a band, working with some uh, management people to kind of, when gigs get going, having some people on side just to kind of help her get more gigs and Mm. know the right places to kind of throw her music. Good, you know? yeah. Well, you were talking about Backwater Records. Yes, yeah. So she had a meeting with uh, with, with those guys, uh, with Steve um, from Backwater, about doing uh, an EP, and they're, they're starting to work on that one. So, uh, oh, very nice. Yeah, so very early stages, and she's forming a band to be able to do that. So, yeah. That's good. That's a, a Can cool we thing. know anything about who's in the band yet? Uh, no, because... <laughs> We're we're not sure yet. <laughs> uh, Are you feeling, in the band? I, I don't, look, I I I I auditioned and she said she'll let me know. Um, she won't let you know. She won't. She'll, she'll never call back. Um, You've got an intercom in the house. <laughs> she yeah. hung up on me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be good. Uh, I've been talking to a musician in Texas. Uh, a guy I was talking about about doing some collaboration within writing and production. Okay. Um, somebody who uh, is, is is a very good writer from the, the music I've heard, um, but just needs a, a, a technical mind and a, an alternative look on things just to, to get a perspective on... Mm. On what it what what he's making essentially. That's good. Yeah, because uh, it's so strange. Murray uh, works at Planet Music and he teaches uh, yeah. production. And he was saying about one of his students who was just a fantastic uh, beat maker. Mm. So he's just got these great ideas. He can sample. He's got this MPC. He's got vinyl turntables that he'll just constantly be ripping samples off and then playing back and around, around, around. And Murray's saying, you know, at certain things he's better than me. But he just needs that technical know-how and the science behind it to be able to know. Uh, it's also like describing to people what you want when you're trying to, you know, write something or yeah. record something. But also, you know, it's describing to yourself what you want because the amount of times that I've sat there and thought, right, okay, this song needs this, and in the past thinking, well, I've got no idea how to do that. Mm. But then when you when you can actually verbalize it, when you can define it, it's so much easier. So that's why lessons are just so useful. Yeah, like. You say about using the language, that's something that has been a, uh, from, again, from Charlie's point of view, is learning how to communicate to someone what sound she wants. Right. Or what, what like, soundscape you want to create. Like, mm. we know that, you know, if someone go, we want, oh, yeah, you, you want that sound, you want to, uh, I don't know, it'd be great to have, that, like, a Leslie sound on that guitar. Right. Or... Or even like a Telecaster sound. Right. Oh, that needs a Telecaster on it. Or that needs a Les Paul. Those mm. kind of things. Whereas, Whereas some people listen to that and go, what? Yeah, they don't know. They know what sound they want, but they don't know what the instruments and what the what components it's made of. Right. And even, you know, like, oh, yeah, that needs a lovely, lovely bit of Hammond on it. 
mm. or a nice road sound. In, in sort of retrospect, though, from learning about it all, of course, we kind of have always had that knowledge. Not all of it, obviously, because it's yeah. a constant learning experience. But do you think that sometimes it can take a bit of the magic away the more that you know about a subject? Yeah, I mean, we've, I'm sure we've told this story before mm. uh, about Meg Burrows. Yeah. Of her... of how she describes how she wants her music to sound yeah. and it's it's so That's beautiful brilliant. it's so sweet yeah well like what i'm sure you'll probably think of an example better than myself she said uh, once that um that my guitar was like a monkey in the treetops and rich needed to record some guitar that was like a bumblebee in the undergrowth <laughs> it's following it but you know it wasn't doing exactly what it wanted it was going its own way yeah like, love it <laughs> that's brilliant like having that I get, and I think it takes a certain amount of confidence to go, <laughs> I'm going to just say this, knowing full well that yeah, it no has no literal meaning. <laughs> and it is, but it tells us, it, it, I say, it paints a picture. Because essentially that's what we're doing. We're painting a picture mm. with wiggly air. Mm. And <laughs> wiggly it's, air. It's, yeah. Can you get a t-shirt with that on? Yeah. You come up with so many good phrases. <laughs> I think wiggly, who, who said the wiggly air bit? It was you, just now. No, I think it might have been a Frank Zappa quote or something oh, right, like that. Yeah. You know, um, or uh, someone on those lines um, said, oh no, the Frank Zappa quote's genius. What's that? Um, music is just forcing your will on unsuspecting air molecules, usually with the assistance of unsuspecting musicians. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> there was a Tom Petty thing that I was reading this morning just saying how music is the only real magic that there is because it can just affect somebody's mood, somebody's temperament, and just how their outlook is on life um, so easily. And sometimes, mm. yeah, when you know a little bit more about a subject it can take a bit of that magic away but yeah just having the knowledge just helps you to just describe yeah. it a bit, a bit more i think it's good to have i think it helps to separate you from audience member to musician i think yeah yeah and again once you become one of those musicians that know things the real skill is being able to turn that off and enjoy music true yeah because um, there's been so many times where i overanalyze stuff and i'm just looking says, oh you're such a douche stop talking yeah. to yourself like that and, oh i just think that bit didn't need a crescendo i think it just needed to stay nice and mezzo piano see i i quite enjoy learning how the magic's the ma learning the magic trick how it's done mm. being at a gig and noticing that there's uh you know there's a there's a sound that you wouldn't expect and how it's making that sound. Right. Um, and even if you know how it was done and what led up to that being a thing, I quite enjoy, I quite enjoy knowing that. Yeah. But then at the same time, just... It's also having a bit of like camaraderie with the people that are playing as well because if, if you see something mess up for them, the rest of the audience is like, I don't know. It's fine. I'm yeah. having a great time so I wouldn't be sitting there trying to judge it. Mm. But then you're sitting there like, you know, when you know something's messed up, it's kind of a little laugh moment. <laughs> like, and you can see the person on stage just like, <gasps> Yeah. I think it's so important, like you say, about to be able to laugh at a mistake yeah. and don't beat yourself up about it. I, I know people who have, oh. I know musicians who, who have taken too long to learn that. Yeah. The amount and of times that I mess up and I look in the audience and I see somebody laughing. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, he knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. Like, or she knows. Yeah. But then, then it's, t it's a performance, mm. you know, in the same way that it, uh, I like the the uh, the idea that a performance, a music performance, is a conversation with the audience, mm. and having it's not a conversation if you don't have someone talking back, mm. and that audience participation, not in an official sense, but you know the cheers at the end of a song, somebody noticing when you know you accidentally hit the wrong pedal and mm -hmm. instead of like you you. you your distortion channel going on, some fireworks go off or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, right, James Hetfield just yeah. burning half of his face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, isn't this comical? It's, isn't it great? It's I not, mean, it, 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 a, good, a good musician knows when to not mention that though. Like the amount of times yes. that I've noticed somebody messing up on stage and they come off and they'll just, and, uh, and they'll be like, what do you think? I'll be like, it was really good. Yeah, I knew about what happened there. Um, I'll talk about the positives and if they bring up that bit where they messed up, I'd be like, yeah, I noticed that, but mm. it didn't ruin the thing for me. It's when you get off and somebody says, ha, you missed this up, didn't you? You're just like, oh, shut up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I know <laughs> one person very much like that who listens to this show, and I'm not going to say who it is, but he's the amount of times he's just sit there and he's going, ha, 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 ha. 
ah, at the end of the show, I'm just like, dude, just don't come to the next one. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I can I I completely get that, you mm. know, and uh, yeah, and you fully know that they don't mean anything by it. They're just trying to be part of your performance of your perspective of it. Mm. Uh, but sometimes you just don't want to hear that. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah, well, that was pretty much been my, I would say, week. My however long. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. Okay, we've been Maybe good. Maybe three. Uh, so what year is it? Write in and tell us. Yeah, <laughs> we've skipped 2020. We're in 2021 now. Yep, I mean, it was, it, time is a blur. Time, <laughs> time is an illusion. Um, yes, absolutely. Well, uh, Harley, what about you would say what your favourite musical lesson has been for the past couple of weeks, however long it is, how many, you know... Um, if anybody knows how long it's been since the last show, please tell us. Okay, this is a lesson that I... Am I allowed to ha- say a lesson that I taught someone else? Yeah, great. I feel like, I feel like that's fine. Yeah. Because um, they were talking about... They've got some music and they're like, it's 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 got a lot done, but it's not finished. And they know it can be... Once it's finished, that's when they want to put it out. Is this the guy in Texas? Uh, no, this is somebody else I was talking to. Um, mm. And I can't remember. Guru, isn't you? But I sort of said to them and in in so many ways because I've suffered from this and I probably do still suffer from it and I think this might have been something you would you have taught me in the past huh. that a Doubt it. like a recording that is released and whatever it doesn't necessarily mean it's a finished product right yeah it's a stamp in time of this is what this song sounded like when we put it to tape and when we released it mm. it doesn't mean that song can no longer grow and become something more later down the line Absolutely. and some of the best bands are the bands that kind of reinvent their song or, or they're always working on on a, a piece of music so when you see it 10 years after it's been recorded it's got a completely different feel completely mm. different sound but it's moved on from that original point yeah you don't kind of want it to be yeah like you say just it's come from from one thing and then it's now something completely different yeah because if you're a fan of the band you still want if you want to go and see the rolling stones you want to hear brown sugar yeah and or you want to hear you know uh jumper jack flash and you don't want them suddenly just be doing this weird prog version of it well, i would i would argue that like rolling stones are one of those bands that they have like if you listen to their recordings compared to how they play stuff like mm. jack flash and those kind of older songs they they're a lot bigger in sound. It's a lot more. They modernised their sound because mm. their their sound and their instruments and the what they've been using has changed from mm. when they recorded it. If you listen to like say, I think Jap Flash is a great example. A live version that they've played in re- in the last sort of fifteen to twenty years compared to the recording. The recording is so much flatter and so yeah. has so much more space in. Some would say a better way, some would say not as good because everyone's allowed to mm. to have a preference. But I would I would choose a live version of that song because it's got so much more energy because yeah. they've moved with the times. Yeah, with they probably changed the key because he can't quite sing that high anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, they might have just you know added some extra structures. They would keep keep the lyrics and the melody the same, just like because yeah, you want to be able to sing along. It's undeniably that song still. But I was uh, so I went to York with Frankie um, a couple weekends ago. Mm-hmm. It was last weekend. Not last week, it was weekend before. Anyway, it doesn't matter. There was a couple buskers that we saw. And uh, it was just quite interesting because I realized that the thing that I really dislike when I see somebody doing a cover of the song is that they'll just sort of like completely change the stanza of the words. Uh, sometimes I get that when I, when I see a band live and they sing one of their songs. I get it when you do it on every odd sentence. Mm. But I think... Uh, like, so it's a bit on the Bruce Springsteen on Broadway thing. Right. Really loved that. Um, I'm not sure if I've talked about it on the show before, but it's just Bruce Springsteen and acoustic guitar on Netflix in a in a Broadway uh, theatre, just him and going going through his life, mm-hmm. but in kind of a more spoken word poetry, as in if it's lyrics. Yeah. Uh, very great. But like he'll be sitting there going like doing um, dancing in the dark. Mm. So it'll be like I get up in the evening and yeah. I ain't got nothing to say. But he'll be like get up in the evening and I ain't got nothing to say. And I'm just like, the, the audience, you can see them trying to sing along. They're like I, I, that. no, don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And all the buskers in York, not all of them, like one or two. We're just doing that on every single song. You know, they'd be doing Freebird or they, like or they'd be doing, you know, yeah. the Wonderwalls or all these kind of acoustic songs. And they'd be like, I'm going to make it my own just by 
putting the syllables out for every single thing. It's like that YouTube video, that guy that, that sings every song a syllable too late. <laughs> it's just <laughs> chaos. It's yeah. just like that. And I'm just like, no, sometimes you can do that every once in a while. But sometimes it's just keep it. It's, it's written like that for a reason. Yeah, it's good to add a bit of flair and your own kind of thing to it. But it still has to be recognizably that song. Mm-hmm. And if, if like the melody is just as important as the words. Yeah, and you've got and the rhythm within that melody is is all part of it. Mm. So you, you've got to just keep that. Keep in mind what your the song that you're working with. Yeah, I think, but there's also those ways of doing it sort of tastefully, like all along the Watchtower, Bob Dylan mm. version and the Jimi Hendrix version. There is different times when it's a, a completely different song. Yeah, but um, but there's still a good a good homage. Mm. I think it's just if. if if you're looking at it as something like, no, I like this song, but I need to make it my own, it becomes a little bit too much of a competition. Yeah. And we know how musicians hate competitions, <laughs> including Battle of the Bands. Go, kill them all. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, well, about, what about your favourite musical moment, Mr. Harley Cotton? Um, again, as I haven't done too much, mu- too much music, Meowing. just talking about music, mm-hmm. music, that's cat music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I well, meow Zach is the kind I, of thing the cast listens to in lifts. Yes, yeah, meow, 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 meow. It's just that on repeat. Um, <laughs> I uh, would probably say yesterday I had some issues with my Helix, um, where I couldn't import some impulse responses to it the way that I wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, I well, I managed to get it working, and I, I downloaded loads of uh, different pa- uh, different. IRs, as they call them for short, yeah, uh, and yeah. managed to import them all. And I spent a whole morning just going through them and like, oh, I like this one. Oh, I don't like this one. Oh, this one's great. And just just found my favourite sounds. And mm. uh, yeah, I, I I found some really cool sort of nice like heavy metal patches um, right. and some nice kind of more more classic rock. And I've saved them all in a way. I'm like, yeah, just I just had a lot of fun with that. That's great. You, you know? use the same one for your bass as you do guitar, right? I use the same Helix, but I use yeah. different IRs because there are ones that are like then there like there's some really nice eight by ten or six by ten cabs, and then there are some like obviously use more twelve inch ones. Yeah. Uh, there's some great Celestian Greenbacks that were recorded uh, uh, at Chenzo Townsend Studio. Oh really? Well, um, um, decoy. Yes, decoy. Uh, by uh, I don't know if you know Corin Robinson. I know uh, that name. Is it? Yes. He's got the the little shed. Thing That's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's he does some really good impulse response recordings for, with Celestian or for Celestian. And he did uh, a, a great recording with uh, with Chenzo's. Uh, Thanks for reminding me of that because he did say about doing a recording session, and I have not gotten back to him. I Whoops! <laughs> make that happen. I should do that. Yeah, but there we go. Yeah, so um, that, yeah. that was that was good fun. Just to kind of just yeah, everybody listen. Uh, excuse me while I'm just messaging right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Talk amongst yourself whilst uh, we write a text. Well, Harley, back. as that was wonderful. Thank you very much. There's the Harley did stuff. Well done, buddy. Bing. Uh, Cool, mate. Yeah. Um, right, well, in between you talking about your wonderful self and me talking about things I did, um, we've got a bunch of uh, bands have released some stuff recently. And just like on last show, I'm going to do a little compilation, uh, compilation, if you will, um, of uh, some of the new stuff coming out. We've got stuff from Illumination, Ghosts of Men. We've got Lamplight Club, uh, uh, EMF, can't say their full name. Uh, we've got Kane as well. So, yeah, I'm going to put a little compilation in there. Um, and uh, so, Harley, have a listen. What? Uh, so, Harley, I yeah. do actually have an announcement to make. Oh, yeah? Long-time listeners of the show will be glad to know that Battletoads, the soundtrack which I have played on of the remake of the old Nintendo Classic, um, is coming out on August 20th, so that's three days from now. Yeah. This year, 2020. Uh, I've been working on that um, with composer David Housden for two years. And I've not been able to talk about it on Facebook or anything. I've been putting it on the podcast because, you know, you guys are special. Um, But, uh, yeah, I I will be finally be able to allow to talk about it um, publicly, um, more publicly than now. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so I'm going to do a couple, uh, like... uh, playthroughs of the songs i'll put them up on on the josh lock page so if you are interested in what that's going to sound like just go to at josh lock official on facebook and on instagram uh, are the songs on uh they're on spotify they are on spotify i think Raina told me about them i haven't had a chance to give them a listen yet but um 
Yeah, out there cool, now. nice. It's all just shreddy 90s cartoon style music, and it's just so much fun. I was talking to uh, Dave about it because there were some issues with um, um, with kind of like who had the rights for what. Basically, with the buyout, um, Dave couldn't say that it was him for most of the time. Now he can. But it was, uh, yeah, Rare basically own all the rights to it. So whenever right. it goes up on Spotify, he doesn't earn any money from it, from the yeah. royalties, etc. which is kind of sad because he put so much work into that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, it, it's coming out, so we're going to be able to shout about it now, which is going to be good. Just to celebrate a, a great achievement and something that you've, you've created. Mm. And if it goes well... Uh, I mean, some of the reviews of the game have not been great. Oh. Um, early reviews, but of course it's not out yet, so the general public may love it whereas reviewers may not yeah um but the the soundtrack that's been getting some great reviews so if it goes well there could be sequels and stuff so that means more work for me which is always good yeah um yeah. especially as, as the way that you've done it as well you can work because you've done a lot of the recording am i right that you've done it uh, uh what's the word contact free yeah you did some of the part guitar parts the at home. second half we did so you can work with people all over the world and uh and share your share your lovely music skills and your your game music abilities. With well, that's what I think a lot of people have learned, haven't they? From from lockdown is the fact of you don't have to be in immediate contact with somebody to be able to work with them. Um, yeah, you know, so many people have gotten to that point beforehand. I mean, I I you know wrote and recorded an album with musicians that weren't even in the same country back in two thousand thirteen. Yeah, um, and it's I never thought that I could use that for a job though. Yeah, I was like, that's just a bit fun to do on the side. It, good concept, not yeah, not financially viable, but, but, but apparently it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's I'm really looking forward to that coming out, and I'm going to be posting about it like mad. If you do enjoy it, please do let me know. If you don't enjoy it, do let me know also because I'd like to know what we can do better. Yeah, um, we're humans. We're always growing. We're always learning. Exactly right. Every Speaking day's a school of day. Um, sort of working. Because we've not been working that much, have we? Yeah. I mean, we, I've been work. Well, we've been working, but just not getting paid for it. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. Um, but so I got back out on the streets busking because of that. Going to to, to York and seeing so many people, you know, yeah. playing amazing stuff and seeing people really enjoying seeing live music again. Uh, I was just like, we need Murray. We need to get back out there again. So Murray and I went up to Woodbridge and uh, and just it was so good to do it. I used that little Black Star Fly amp. Yeah. Um, just because you can dial in a bit of slap back, so it's perfect for rockabilly. Mm. Um, Murray was acoustic with the double bass. And uh, yeah, I just sang kind of really far back from everybody, so I wasn't spraying everybody that walked past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we it, it went really, really well. I think we made about 100 quid. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, so split between us. I mean, that was for about two hours worth of work, which is much the same as what you do for a... Teaching. Yeah, exactly, for teaching or for if you're doing a festival. That's usually kind of what yeah. people will pay is about 50 quid for a set mm. um, per person. So, yeah, that's it's, it's it's really good to be back on there and it kind of got me my mojo, mojo back with that bit because I think for a while I was like, okay, we've gotten to the point now where we're gigging a lot. I don't need to busk so much. Um, yeah for the monetary thing but now obviously we kind of need a little bit more money coming in and it's also needing to just get out there and play yeah you know uh, cause it, it's all good to do these online festivals and, and and things which is which is fun but without seeing somebody in front of you saying that i needed that yeah it's 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 important it's also important especially for a band that's known locally to kind of just remind people that you still exist locally right you know um and that's that that's quite important to kind of just kind of show show your show the world what you can do, and just remind people who already know about you. Yeah, you're still here. You you, you survived. Get a t-shirt. I survived yeah, COVID nineteen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, somehow. Um, uh, yeah, RIP to the people that didn't. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I think not we're going to have to pause there. We are going to have to pause because it looks dire. That is crazy. That's yeah. We're going to run inside. One sec. So yeah, busking was really really fun, uh, just to get back to a bit of normality. Yeah. Um, but then on, so that was on the Friday. On the Saturday in the afternoon, uh, I had a gig in Stone Market, mm. in a place called Lockington Crescent. It was for VJ Day. Thank you to Tammy from Bravo for inviting me along. It was a, a fundraiser for cancer research, and they raised about eight hundred quid, which was really really nice. Nice, well done, man. Um, well, I didn't do any of it. Yeah. I just sang for an hour, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was really nice. It was just sort of a nice kind of 
bingo thing for people in the sort of 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, so I just thought, right, okay, I'm probably going to be wanting to play my rock and roll stuff rather than my heavy metal stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I just sort of went for that. Um, I had a good little sing-along with them. Yeah, like they raised a good amount of money. And it was again, it was just nice to play in front of real people. Mm. They were all spread out. Um, you know, there was probably only about 50 people there, something like that, but all spread out, nice and socially distanced. I was ages away from anybody. And I just used my little EV speaker just plug my guitar straight into that and my mic straight into that yeah because then it started raining on that one as well <laughs> so we keep getting all the really good weather when we don't need it <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's well it's how the weather goes isn't it <laughs> we're back to talking about that again um <laughs> but yeah the um yeah they're really nice we got they got that done um it was it was nice for me to kind of almost have a semblance of playing in a residential home because I've been blocked from playing in residential homes for so long because obviously they're just so vulnerable. Um, but yeah, being able to play for people that are, you know, in, in the sort of the at-risk category, I'm using my, my quote marks there, yeah. um, has been good because, you know, obviously I just haven't seen that demographic for so long. Mm. Um, so yeah, thank you for that, Tammy. Thank you for making me feel like I was doing an actual gig. Um, <laughs> and then after that, Murray and I hooked up in my garage. I'm going to finish that sentence um and we did a little duo live stream um on the lockdown because we were supposed to be having a gig um in hadley uh, on saturday night but they cancelled it uh because there was some government thing that they released that hadley had had a bit of a surge in cases but it hadn't really it, it they'd had like two or three more cases but because the population isn't particularly very big it went on their system went on the database and they were just like right release a press, a press release and it just killed ticket sales yeah um, so we just thought, right, okay, if we're not doing a gig, then we should just do something because, you know, we've, we weren't making any money from it. So we did a little busking thing on, on, on Facebook, raised about 50 quid, which was really, really nice. Great. Um, so that's something other than nothing. I mean, if anybody else is listening and you've had gigs cancelled, go for the busking online thing and just think, okay, well, it's either I was going to gig anyway. So yeah. I best live stream and see if people can help me to make up the money that Even I would have made. If you make a couple of quid, it's a couple of quid more than you'd have done otherwise. Absolutely you know, right. it's it's making the best out of a bad situation. You're right. And uh and again, even if you make nothing at all, you're showing people that you're still there, that mm. you're still going, you're still doing music and you know, you still got it. Yeah, exactly right. I mean it's is the through COVID it's given me a great opportunity to grow the page and, and grow our uh, online presence. Yeah. Um also with the Harley and Josh show, just having to be able to get all the games up and stuff yeah. again. Um, you know, I've been trying to do one at least every day <laughs> for yeah. like, you know, like a month at least. Nice, um, man. But yeah, it's, it's that thing of when the when all the likes suddenly went down on everybody's pages. For, like it was across, across the world, yeah. just on Facebook, people's likes got wiped. And so from shouting out about that, um, we got the likes back. But also, we it was about another hundred people went onto the page. Well, that's <laughs> you know apples, oranges, lemons, and lemonade, or something. You know, yeah. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise doing it again. No, but it's hey, <laughs> exactly right. Um, so yeah, that was good. And from doing the live stream, there's so many people that mostly from different countries, mostly the EU and in Mexico, have now started listening to the Lockerbillies that wouldn't have known about us before that. So these kind of you know markets that you wouldn't have thought about because you sort of think of yourself as a local band uh, are now very much more within your grasp and they're very much essential if you don't try and exploit your you know facebook and and, and social media um presence then you know you, you are missing out on a trick so that was fun just doing yeah. that on there have you found yourself looking at the analytics a bit more and kind of dialing in on that or you have you kind of got your audience worked out to a consistent level I'm more of a spray and pray kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so, I don't know. I just think uh, of just... I, I have been much more targeted with rockabilly uh, demo, you know, yeah. uh, audiences um, and trying to find specific forums and groups that, um, that like that sort of thing. They're much more critical and a little bit more... Um, mean <laughs> than than if you sort of just do it in random places um but you know you get a lot more diehard fans yeah uh, that way because they are specifically into the specific thing you do yeah um so yeah not i haven't really been looking at you know growth and and how much expansion 
that the pages have had or uh, I have been using a lot more uh, Google ads and stuff uh, because well Google's been throwing out some really good deals recently yes. for uh, and so Facebook for business advertising most of the time on these sites unless you throw money at them nobody sees what you do uh, mm. there's so much stuff that I promote on Facebook that nobody will see unless I throw some money at it because yeah. it's a, if it's an event if it's a Facebook event barely anybody going to see it if you if you share it which is just yeah BS. Yeah, it's there's I mean you it's you're 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 screaming in a hallway in a busy hall, aren't you? There's yeah. lots of people doing the same thing, so you gotta try and get yourself a like just a, a small stepping post. Mm. But also comparing your comparing what Facebook advertising costs compared to other advertising methods, mm-hmm. which yeah, may be a bit more effective if you put your face on a billboard, but mm-hmm. hey, I mean I'd I'd pay to have your face on a billboard. <laughs> Um, <laughs> What's to throw poo at it? I just, I just think, yeah. I just think, get away from my site. <laughs> <laughs> but Facebook's fairly inexpensive for the reach that you can get from it. Yeah, or well, yes and no. I mean, I, I think Facebook um, swindles the numbers a little bit. Yes, because the, the amount of times it's like you reached one thousand three hundred people and you got two likes. You're like, what are you counting as reaching them? <laughs> it's yeah. like they, it, they whizzed past it on the thing, past or it was on that thing on the right hand side of your page, your newsfeed that you never pay attention to because it's about like some kind of razor specifically for your underarm hair. And you, I've never <laughs> specifically thought about that, so I'm not going to look at it. Yeah, that's it. Like uh, I think Facebook were called out. I um, they may have even been taken to court about like bolstering the numbers up. False advertising. Yeah, that's it. Um, but like making that like when people are paying for advertisement and saying that they reach more people than it actually did. Mm. Um, so I think they're under a bit of uh, a, ma- a microscope for that. But still, like you say, just because somebody saw it in an advert, I'm really bad. If I if I see a post that gets suggested or whatever, if the topic says sponsored, I'm far less likely to see it, to, yeah. to, to want to click on it. Yeah, because you'd be like, oh, you're not actually, you know, it's not somebody I've actually followed. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know how specific that is for me or... Or whether it's just somebody putting loads of money into buying, to selling stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And it's just like your friends of friends or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I uh, the last thing I did since I've seen you last was the uh, we went to Punch Studios yesterday. Nice. It's the first time I've been in there uh, since we were at IO Radio uh, last time, which I can't remember. That must have been in March. Yeah. Yeah, it must have yeah. been in March, like the, the, the week of the Might 18th. Might have even been February. Well, we did have a show yeah. the week that it went down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, Punch Studios are, are using their time to sort of better their um, their recording facilities and their rehearsal facilities. I do believe they're open for bookings for bands to rehearse there now, um, just like Stan's place is at Central Audio Labs. Yes. Is that right? Um, and also Pete's PA, he's doing that, or Pro yeah. Sound. Um so yeah, there's there's places for bands to get together and practice, and it's all very socially distanced and 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 sensible. But being in there, they basically wanted to promote the studio a bit more um, as a very kind of vast array of different equipment that they've got, and also the vast array of different styles that they can go for. So they're not, they, you know, they're so used to bands like Dingus Khan, Superglue, yeah. uh, Bessie Turner coming in, which are guitar-based bands which there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm sure that as a studio, it's good to show that you can do other things. Yeah. So um, they've been doing, you know, vocal recordings, people with backing tracks going in, uh, people with random different instruments. They've just wanted to record them and show how they do it mm. and videoing them so they could put it as part of their... Um, as their, as their PR. Um, the And they basically wanted to record the double bass. Which okay. Which really nice. So, so Gareth... Um, got in touch with me saying you know would, would the double bass be available on this date i said yeah that's absolutely fine and he said if you want to bring a guitar along as well and you can just record a song while you're here um and yeah so that we recorded a brand new song which i, I only wrote middle of this week all right it was but we just really enjoyed jamming it out that because i've got to play with murray about three times this weekend mm. and each time we were just like hey, let's just go through that and see what it sounds like um 
and yeah, really, really fun. Really looking forward to seeing what the, how it how it sounds because that wasn't part of the deal. It was basically that we would perform and uh, and they would record some video and they would use it as part of their thing and they would give us a little bit yeah. of money just so that they can use our likeness. Um, but I just said, look, that we had so much fun doing that. Can I just give you some money for the for the recorded audio and the video that you just did so that I can make my own little promo thing out of it? Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're they're obliging and being very supportive so thank you very much punch um and yeah so i highly recommend that place yeah great mics i've I sang into a ribbon mic for the first time oh is this one ages. of the, the looks like a kind of a teardrop shape on the se new one no don't know no. i really don't know they've I got some really nice say... se mics and se do some really good ribbon mics they do a one of my favorite it's rainer that's endorsed by them not you yeah but i'm <laughs> i endorse them uh yeah they do a, a rupert neve dual element i think it's a valve ribbon i actually i've got beautiful. a picture of it i can see if i can show you it and see if you can identify what i'm talking about what um Oh, crikey, here it is. This is great for radio, but um, we're looking at a picture. Oh, yes. Yep. Uh, classic. That, um, yeah. Is uh, that an SE? Uh, no, no. It's, uh, so yeah. he, he doesn't endorse you now. <laughs> no, but that, I mean, they're your, your standard. Um, I can't think what they are. Begin with a C? I think it's like an RC8. RC8. Okay, RC8. 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 Oh, right. Okay. So you mean. Uh, yeah, they are one of the best mics you will use. For we had a U87 guitar. on the bass. Yeah, which standard. is very nice. UA7AI, I believe. And uh, I don't know what's on there on the Vox there. Uh, that's a old 414. Yeah, old AKG. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Uh, yeah, I've got a few of those. They're, yeah, they're some really nice. Yeah, it was just nice to be in that studio again, all wearing masks. Very strange. Um, you know, sort of when I was checking the mic, I would sort of do it through a mask. But then when there was nobody in the actual room, um with us while we were recording i was like mask off yeah um so yeah anyway that was fun it was very fun indeed to be actually in a studio doing musician things and recording it like an original track like brand new it felt so kind of back to the the norm we're not there yet but, but we're close a taste of normal absolutely a tasty normalcy speaking of getting back to normal harley yeah let's do some news Okay, let's go news. Let's, let's news do some it. News, huh? We're going to um, start with your news. Yes. Radio. On the heels of a two-week-long delay, uh, England is set to enter phase four of its reopening plan, which will give socially distanced indoor shows the green light to continue. I was expecting that to be a lot longer delay. Right. When yeah. You, I thought it had been longer than two weeks, but actually, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Right. But. Um, Culture Secretary uh, Oliver Dowden announced on social media that indoor shows will return to Britain beginning August 15th. That was last Saturday. We're recording this on the 17th. Yeah. Uh, this stage four lockdown rollback excludes both nightclubs and dance halls. So can't go clubbing yet. Um, there was one thing when we were up in York. We went to a couple clubs and basically you get led to a seat. You're wearing a mask. And then when you sat down, you take your mask off. You take your they take your order there while they're wearing masks, and you don't interact with any other tables and stuff. Yeah. People tried to, but we were just like, eh, eh, no, no, eh. Um, be gone. <laughs> exactly. So in response to raves and other unlawful functions, including one illegal rave that raged for 13 hours, that was down Ooh. near Bath, I believe. Oh right. Um, uh, drawing an estimated 3,000 people there. Uh, London has instituted on-the-spot on the fines for hosting or facilitating illegal gatherings of more than 30 people. So if you're thinking about putting on a, a gig in your garden, no more than 30 people. Yeah, which, you know, to be honest, my garden's not big enough for more than 30 <laughs> Exactly people. right. But there was one thing that I saw in York which, which did oh, really grinded my gears was there was a guy busking late at night it was probably about half nine, mm -hmm. and there were, and and you know Leeds uh, has had problems. Manchester's had problems. The North is having problems with COVID at the moment, right. going into second waves and going into localized yeah. lockdowns. And there were just people crowded around this guy, singing Wonderwall, top of their voices, no social distancing, no masks, all sharing the microphone with him. And I'm just thinking, you're going to be the first people to complain that you can't go back to normal yeah. when you get locked down again. And you'll be the people that messed it up for everybody. Well yeah. done. I, I mean, I had a, a heated conversation with someone Good. <laughs> uh, recently because um, we were talking about various th things. I said, well, whilst lockdown is still... And uh, they went, 
Well, yeah, but lockdown's over. No. I, was, I, 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 I may have used a four-letter word. <laughs> um, Piggy. Yeah. Oh, that's five letters. Yeah, but... And I questioned their uh, intelligence and <laughs> <laughs> using such four-letter words. Right, good. With a uh, with a, uh, a suffix. <laughs> and <laughs> how <laughs> how many ways can I desc- describe what I said? I mean, anyone <laughs> at home. Hopefully, you may have got the gist of what I asked of their um, of their sentience and intelligence. Um, and said, no, no, no. We are very much not out of the woods. Yeah. We are still I would say that you can't do that on radio. Yeah. Yeah. So I won't. <laughs> um, don't fudge it up. Nope. No, don't. I won't. <laughs> but yeah, it seems to be the, the, the thought that we're, we're, everything's fine now because the pubs are open. And that's the thing is people are acting, the pubs are, are the... Are the uh, Litmus test. Yes, they are, aren't they? Mm. It seems to be, oh, pubs are open, everything's fine. You're like, that's mm. fine, but... I mean, we work in pubs, and we're not we're not allowed to. Right, and the amount of times that after after I'd finished the the only couple gigs that I've done since lockdown, the amount of people trying to come up to me and hug me afterwards and yeah. shake my hand, and I'm just like, dude, thank you for appreciating this, but don't mess it up for everybody else. That's it. it you know, it, it, there is that kind of you're now allowed to if someone invades your personal space to say, mm-hmm. don't do that. Yeah. That, that's that's a small a small kind of silver lining in all yeah, this. Exactly. You can just For be people like, with uh, yeah, with social know. anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, Harley, that's my news. What's your news? Good question. <laughs> I've all well, welcome to the new game show. What's your news? <laughs> um, is it that? Uh, mm, actually, I can't remember. I'm gonna find <laughs> well, while you're looking for that, my my new favorite thing is collecting band patches from local bands. Um, because I've started like my little project during lockdown was to start sewing on a load of patches to like an old denim, like sleeveless denim jacket I have. Yeah. And, uh, and realized that I just, all these band patches were from big bands that didn't need the promo. So yeah. Yeah. I, I saw you asking about. Yeah. Sort of... I've got loads now. I've got one from Kane, got one from Elimination, oh, that's nice. got one from the Mephs. It's amazing how much. Under in the Sky. Oh no, they do One patches. from, um, East Town Pirates coming. It's great how you can. Like when we were growing up, like you, you might be able to get you get CDs printed. You might be able to get T-shirts printed if you could order enough. Whereas mm-hmm. now it's to the point you can get. And as we saw of Josh, I don't know if you saw Josh from uh, Hot Tramp. Uh, he bought his partner uh, a pair of socks with his picture, his face printed onto it. Yeah, the best socks, birthday right. present and also, all time. You know, when I'm talking about like you know customizing a sleeveless denim jacket with with band patches mm. he customized his crocs with little band pins yeah that's it like i <laughs> we mean we do an entire show based on what josh carr did this week oh i mean i think that should be a section what did josh carr do this week <laughs> that, that may uh that might be a thing we we'll have to bring that back because yeah. it's uh, he regularly gets a mention for yeah. doing something legendary yeah letters <laughs> on a postcard please ladies and gentlemen yes. Send yeah harleyandjoshow at gmail.com oh we need to make a twitter account count car watch Oh my god, we've got a jingle. What? Working at the car, car watch. watch. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> at Josh Car Watch, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Harley, what news? So, this has been shared around a lot on Facebook, and I just kind of wanted this as an excuse to kind of do a bit of research on it because I've seen a lot of people sharing about it, mm-hmm. uh, sharing articles uh, about uh, a guy called Daniel Eck. Ugh, that guy. Uh, you may recognise him uh, from being the Spotify CEO, Sauron, and he, <laughs> yes, Spotify. <laughs> oh, Sauron! Um, I, I saw this being shared around a lot by a lot of musicians. Um, basically, so and um, he's made a comment in a recent interview. Uh, let's see if I can find the actual quote um, because I've. Just copied a uh, thing over. Okay. Um, basically, saying that artists need, like, artists shouldn't be thinking that they can release an album once every two or three years, or three or four years, and expect to uh, make money out of it. You know, like musicians have done for years and years and years. Um, basically, he's saying 
yeah, he he want he he's calling musicians out for being lazy if they're writing mm-hmm. not an out writing music not every year, and um and basically because it means that he gets more money if people might, might write more music. It does. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it funny that his his beliefs line up with what happens that lines his pockets? Yeah, it's a thing, isn't it? You know, and um, yeah, it's he he he's not popular. No, no, no. Well, on that. <laughs> Let's think about the thing I think I think I'll talk about this morning. All right. Harley, do you think that the way that we release music should change and adapt with the time? Or do you think that it should be linked with how when you've written the, the tracks, not based on what medium you should be releasing them on? Well, that's... Uh, I think like uh, we have seen a big change in how people release music. Uh, with the increase of like popularity in EP releases mm-hmm. over albums, also um, I know a lot of artists have been doing single releases, just releasing a song as they. We know in Rome are great for that. Yeah, just bringing one song out at a time as a, as a like a single, and maybe putting them in an album later down the line. But just to, so then you've got a constant. I want to say drip feed, but maybe mm. like a, a spider vein are also really good for that yeah. because the amount of times I've seen them live. And I'll watch them because I knew Living in the Past, the first song that they released. I believe that was the first song they released. And it was great. But then when I watched them, there was so many other better songs. And then they started to drip drip feed those songs out. Yeah. And then every song, every time I saw them play, it was like each song was a single. Yeah. Right? It wasn't sort of like, oh, they're going to play this one because it's on the album. They kind of have to. It's more just like they're playing that song because people have actually... Uh, you know, reacted to it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's you know a good way of releasing music to your audience because you know which ones like which ones hit, and mm. you you can get slightly more a better analytics from what songs are popular because you can see the spikes more clearly. Do you think that's a bit too cynical of a way to structure a set or to uh, promote your band? It depends on what your kind of goals are as a band and or as an artist, because it. I I think if your goals musically are to create music that people's going, people are going to like. There's nothing wrong with writing toward in the way that people seem reacting to most. Right. If you're writing for you and it doesn't really matter what people like, you're just looking for people who happen to like what you're doing. Mm. Then that that's fine. You go go with that. Uh, and I think people who do that are fully aware that it may not reach the audience. It, it, it may not reap as much yield of uh, of, of fans, but those fans are going to be more diehard mm. because of it. Mm. Um, you know, it's whether you want, do you want to be famous? Do you want to be respected? Do you want to be uh, a musician that writes music? Or do you want to be a musician that people l- listen to? over the music that you're writing you know right all of those are completely valid uh reasons to write music and they're all valid uh careers to pursue or audiences to pursue i don't think there is a a right or wrong way to do that do you think there's like uh, a right or wrong way for artists to release music in comparison to their genre so do you think like it's it's more likely that a a hip-hop a modern hip-hop artist would release as singles um, because there's this there's one band that I like to follow called The Underachievers or they're a hip hop duo and on YouTube they're always releasing a brand new song like by itself Yeah, they won't be like this is our new EP mm. um, but I you know the, I, I find there's more sort of modern uh, styles of music releasing music that way Yeah, but I also do see metal bands like Spider-Vane mm. doing it as well um, do you think there's a reason why there's more mo- modern artists releasing it that way? Uh, or do you think that it's just like one knows about it more? I think it's potentially, a, I'd say it's a, mo- it's a modern marketing for modern music sort of thing. Like a perfect example of bands who will always be releasing albums over singles will be like prog bands. Mm-hmm. Because the album is the is the piece. Yeah. Uh, and the, the songs are the part of that puzzle, essentially. Definitely. You know, you wouldn't sell a half complete puzzle. Well, mm. you might if you go to charity shops or whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, that, I think that's absolutely, yeah, I think genre does um, 
kind of dictate how you might market stuff. Mm. And again, there will be bands who will do cross genre things or, or, you know, break the mold. And the music industry is always breaking the rules, breaking its own rules of how you can and can't do stuff. So I think the way, the way we're done, the way we're doing is, um, it is variable for various things. Mm. And one thing I will talk about in terms of that kind of release, that sign of drip feed release is the way, uh, I think you spoke about this before, of now you can release an album to Spotify that can be updated later. Mm. Have how you can upload one half of an album to later release another half. Or what I have seen, um, like Wolfpack and uh, those kind of, those kind of people do spooky pockets no, scary pockets. they release <laughs> um they've done or a release where they've released a song so you have an album that's only got one song in it and they release a song every week or every few days and then after you know 12 weeks of uh of, of constant promotion of always having a new video out because they've got a full album mm. so you so they're doing that kind of drip feed and for album and and they're having their cake and writing that too. music still takes the same amount of time yeah uh, it's just it means that for a longer time you're in people's in people's uh sort yeah. of uh, you know uh, you're on their radar but there's also you know like you say about releasing uh songs onto an album after you released it the whole thing of just like releasing extended editions special editions mm-hmm. you know behind the scenes footage all that sort of stuff um that used to be such like a physical money grab yeah, like, you know, it'd be like we're releasing a new physical copy, uh, and so because the you know interest in the in the previous release has died down a little bit, if we revamp it with a little bit yeah. of extra added stuff, awesome. then people, you know, we can just sort of swindle the numbers a bit more. But now, you know, with Spotify and Mr. Sauron wanting to ask you to freaking you know add stuff all the time, you could just do that. It's just like oh, this is an alternative take. Yeah, yeah, and I think that to a certain point, although. You know, he's not popular for what he said, and we may not like him for what he said. I think some of it's right. I think it, what is it holds water, mm-hmm. but he did it wrong. Yeah, I think a good, a better way to put what I think he was trying to say was people are, can do that more often. Yeah, that, and that would just pick up more traction that he says that if, if like, I don't know, Madonna said it. Um, probably wouldn't gone down as well because people are like, yeah, you've got more money, so you can do that. But yeah. if like you know somebody who's a bit more grassroots said something like that, people would just be like, oh, okay, I'll take that as advice. Yeah. yeah, that's it. There are, I mean, there are there are um, musicians. There are respected musicians in in our uh, in our world, and there are lesser respected musicians, and those who respect who we respect. And not saying worldly respect, but us personally, if we respect someone and they say something that might not follow with our worldview, we are more likely to listen. Yeah, it's kind of you know that's mm. it's that's the way human little works. bubbles human. That's the way human works. Absolutely. So um, I think before we go, yeah, I would like to just do a couple shout outs. Like I said. Um, uh, Ghosts of Men have got a new lyric video coming out on the 11th of September for their new song Saviour good for them um, Cold Black Lips by Lamplight Club came out today yeah uh, which is a great track uh, nice and bluesy um, uh, yeah EMF can't say their full name uh, <laughs> have released It's Shit I think I could say that on the radio because it's, it's in PG films have you seen Transformers um, you're allowed to say it once okay film, so yeah oh shit uh, <gasps> limited. They've released a limited tape of live performances from the Hunter Club and the Smokehouse. I believe there's only 50. I've got a copy, um, and it's awesome. I was yeah. at one of the gigs. Um, but if you do like your 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 noisy MC5 style thing, check them out. And it's also Brian hilarious. I mean, he's just like talking about it, it was it was like the day that we left the EU because it was like January 31st. So he was talking about all the stuff that we're going to get back from the EU. It was like, yeah, I got mugged when I was 10. They took a tenner from me. I'm going to get that back. <laughs> Somebody stole my big wheel bike when I was eight years old. going to get that back. <laughs> it's wonderful. So yeah, do listen to that album. Um, our good friend Darren Smith from Dead Soul Productions is raising money for the Premier Pool Club. Uh, they want to put in a stage and have better qu- equipment for when it comes back because it's they've got the perfect size. Yeah, it's in a Ipswich. great size room. Yeah, for a 400 cap venue in Ipswich. Yeah. Um, you know, where you can get touring bands in. If we could kit that place out and they get the right people in, then, you know, we, we're going to be laughing, right? Yeah. Um, 
Ellie Tree, right, Helen? She is just started recording a new EP and they're booking some gigs at the moment. So they're coming out of hibernation, uh, coming out of the tree, um, yeah. the hollow tree, to come with some amazing music. So I'm looking forward to that. And of course, Charlie. Yeah. Has, well, she's coming up. Charlotte, Charlotte, April Sutton, or is it Charlotte Sutton? Yes, uh, Charlotte Sutton. Charlotte yeah. Sutton, yeah. Yep. So she has released... Released her first... Uh, we don't... Well, we called it an EP at the time, but then we were told it had to be an album because it had seven tracks. Hmm. So... Um, by digital... Did by... District Kid, yeah. Kid, so uh, it's because it's you know an ever ever moving goalpost of what is and what isn't an EP. Um, <laughs> that's not an EP. That's a sandwich. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> not a How did you get that on Spotify? <laughs> Just click on a sandwich. No, no, actually, that's uh, a giant lizard. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so that's already out there. Um, so yeah, let's say seven tracks. Um, she's getting loads of really good recognition for that and uh, whatever. So have a little look on that. Nice we'll one. probably put one of the songs on the Harley and Joshua playlist. Absolutely. We need, have we updated that recently? As we got, I have songs? added some stuff, but I Great. will add that one to it. Now. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking for music, if you're if you're missing local music, make sure to go to Harley and Josh show uh, uh, playlist and uh, listen to all things local. Mm-hmm. And some things not local, but we played mostly anyway. East Anglia yeah. in England. Yeah. In the UK. The world is local now. Planet Earth. Sometimes. <laughs> the Milky Way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I can see on your phone you have something great to promote. Well, you have too. Well, we have something great we to promote. We have great. We have great music promote. Yes. Um, so we've got... We're professionals. Yeah. So Gresham's Ipswich uh, present their having a music day. Uh, it says Music Day 2020. Yeah, they, we couldn't se- have the t- music day at Christchurch Park. Yeah. So they thought, let's do it. Let's do it here. Separately. Now, this is really cool. So, it's Sunday the 6th of September. Not, um, not far away. It's really not, no. Uh, with such acts as James Nunn, Luke oui. Fisher, oui. Uh, The Sax Walker, oui. JS and Lockerbillies. Hello. And Chart Attack. Oui. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, plus, loads more to be ele- are yet to be announced. Got some, uh, I think he's looking to get some singer-songwriters. Wonderful. Some smaller kind of acts as well to, to kind of fill space between... Um, it's it's a really cool. It's all social distancing approved. Yeah, so uh, so it's basically air, you you pay for an area of six people, right? Yeah. And so it's fifty quid for that area of six people. So it works around to about eight pounds per ticket for all of that music in one day. Yeah. It's nice. It's a Sunday afternoon, you know, and it's it's all outdoors. I think they're going to have waiter service. So if you want drinks and stuff, they'll come to you. Wonderful. I believe that's how they're going to do it. So it's all going to be like very much well approved and. Yeah. Uh, nice and safe, but then the music's going to be awesome because you've got your own spot. You can still get up and have a little dance and, and enjoy. And we know how good the Parkers are at making live sound. Yes. They've got some good gear. Yes, they've got some lovely stuff. They're going to have it all ready to rock. And uh, yeah. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, thanks I mean, for including us, Spoonie. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, I need to actually get some rehearsals in because <laughs> we have not played together. Yeah. Tech haven't oh, played no. together since... February. Well then, Harley, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for coming around. No, that's been it's been lovely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you guys would like anything specific talked about, or if you'd like our opinions on certain subjects, please do let us know at Harley and Josh Show uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can email us Harley and Josh Show at gmail dot com, uh, or you could just you know come to a gig sometime soon. When, if and when it happens. <laughs> um, if you want more details on any stuff that we've talked about, I'm sure we'll be sharing stuff on our Facebook page. Um, just search Harley and Josh Show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, get involved. Join in with the games, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mate, you get, oh, you want to be, you want to be on this, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go Come back. On, Go back to the old ones. Check them out. <laughs> there, are some, there are some brilliant ones you've been chucking out this week. It's been great. <laughs> but, sweet. Well, we will um, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.